No Gray Zone podcast is a frank and honest conversation on topics related to sexual abuse, harassment, child exploitation, and domestic and workplace violence. The opinions are our own, based on years of experience as special victims prosecutors. Any study, book, or product we mention is based on our own review and are not sponsored. Links or titles to these resources can be found in the podcast notes. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much. Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at sharing. I'm just good at caring too much. Welcome back. I'm Katherine Marsh. And I'm Melissa Hotmeyer, and we're owners of Right Respond Consulting and prosecutors with over two decades of experience in sexual assault and child abuse cases. We spent the last several weeks talking about consent, from when to start talking to your kids through drunk or mentally incapacitated sex. Today, we want to talk about consent when it's sex with someone in the position of authority or power over the other party. Too often, after a case breaks in the news, we hear from other survivors who had been abused by that very same person. And they had never reported the abuse because they didn't say no, they didn't fight back, or maybe even more tragically, they didn't even know it was abuse or assault at the time it happened. Exactly. Consider the priest cases, the Boy Scouts, U.S. Gymnastics, Penn State, and Jeffrey Epstein, just to name a few. So when is it consent? Is it consent when the sex involves a minor, a teacher, a coach, or a boss? Well, first we need to consider what is the age of consent in the U.S.? And you know that varies from state to state. 31 states and the District of Columbia have the age of consent at 16. This means that once a young person turns 16, they have the right to have sex with whom they choose, with the exception of a few legal parameters. But in eight other states, the age of consent is 17, and in another 11 states, the age of consent is 18. So it's important to know the law in your state. When can a child legally consent to sex? And also, if there's a maximum age difference allowed between the parties. For example, in Maryland, there's a four-year age difference. And so it would be unlawful for a 15-year-old to have sex with a 19-year-old. But age isn't the only thing that matters when it comes to consent with our young people. We also have to consider, what is the relationship between the parties? Is there a position of trust or authority that is being violated or exploited? Correct. A student may be over the legal age of consent in their state, 16, 17, or even 18, but it's still not consent if the sexual interaction is with a teacher or a coach. If the other party has a position, it's exploitation, not consent. So realistically, how often does that happen? Well, there isn't a lot of hard data on this issue. However, according to a survey in 2016 that was cited by the Children's Treatment Center, 3.5 million students in this country between the 8th and 11th grade indicated that they had some form of physical sexual contact with an adult at their school, usually a teacher or a coach. This was a total of about 7% of the kids surveyed. And that percentage actually increased to 10% when they included what as prosecutors we often consider grooming techniques. Things like showing pornography, having sexually explicit conversations, or text messages back and forth. 
This survey was backed up in 2017 with a case study of K through 12 school employees' sexual misconduct that found a total of about 10% of students K through 12 will experience some form of sexual misconduct by a school employee before they graduate high school. These same surveys often indicate that this is a growing statistic, that they believe these numbers will actually increase over the years due to the use of cell phones and social media. These formats allow for unfettered and unmonitored contact between school employees and students. And listen, we need to keep in mind that it's a street, an extremely small number of school employees that are committing the abuse against their students. But just like any profession, where there is power and authority at play, there will also be an abuse of that power and authority. Exactly. Although I couldn't find any recent national surveys on the topic, in 2019, the Workers Institute at Cornell University found that a total of 10.9% of New York residents, which broken down equal to 12.2% of women and 9.5% of men, had experienced quid pro quo workplace sexual harassment at some point in their careers. This equaled more than 1.7 million people across the state of New York. This same study also found that the harassment disproportionately impacted people of color or Hispanic origin at a rate of 13.9% to 8.5% for non-Hispanic whites. So quid pro quo sexual harassment is when a sexual favor is demanded for a job, promotion, or some other job benefit by a person in a position of authority. It doesn't have to be a CEO or CFO. This type of sexual harassment can be found pretty much at any level of the workforce, from bartenders through management. And because it's a demand for a job benefit, it cannot be considered consent. Think of Harvey Weinstein. Exactly. Although a criminal charge may not be applicable in some of these cases, if force wasn't used, the employee still has legal remedies under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act or Title IX if the harassment occurred at an educational institution. And we also see quid pro quo outside of the direct workforce in places like immigration visas, law enforcement, judges, and more. Yeah, all you have to do is Google quid pro quo and be inundated with stories of demands for sexual favors for work visas, getting out of an arrest, or even a judgment from the court. I mean, just last month, the Department of Justice filed a lawsuit against a landlord who was demanding sexual favors from tenants to avoid eviction during the pandemic. In every single one of these types of case, the sexual interaction is not one of consent, and the victim will have some form of legal remedy, be it in the civil or criminal arena. And as we see uh, these cases become more and more prevalent or more and more talked about, uh, we see more and more jurisdictions adding criminal sanctions for these types of violations. Absolutely. For example, in Maryland, it's now a criminal violation for a police officer to demand a sexual favor from anyone who would be considered in their custody. And in Tennessee, a district attorney was arrested for bribery for demanding sexual favors in order to reduce criminal charges. As you said, Melissa, in every place where there is a power or authority, there's the opportunity to abuse that power and authority. And that's why it's so important for people to know their rights, to know that even if a person didn't say no or didn't fight back because they didn't think they had a choice, the sexual interaction was not consent and there is legal recourse. From school employees, coaches to employers and more, consent matters and there can be no gray zone. Well, that's all the time we have today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. And if you want to learn more about this topic or about us, you can find us on Facebook, No Gray Zone, or on Twitter and Instagram at No Gray Zone RRC. There are no excuses when it comes to sexual assault or not having the right response when it comes to sexual harassment. This has been a No Gray Zone podcast. I'm just good at caring too much.
just cause I care.